Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to TV's movie reviews with Sky and Colin. And what's up, you fucking parasites, <laughs> you fucking leeches, you slimy little shits. What movie were we talking about? <laughs> Don't look at me like what that. What could you be talking about right now? Dude, honestly, we're going to be talking about a movie that I'm very excited about talking about, but I knew nothing about until I saw it. Yeah. That is never heard anything about it with the exception of maybe you mentioned it once to me. And I was just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. I saw the trailer for this when I went and saw Joker at Nighthawk. It wasn't until I went to Nighthawk that I saw this trailer. That makes sense. And then I saw it again when I went to Alamo. It's the indie movie that is like taking the world by storm. It won the grand prize at Cannes. Yeah. It's funny, it even says it like when it like the yeah, movie starts, right it's basically it starts. just like it flashes its dick it's out like, right away. Just it's like, so you know this shit. <laughs> yeah, before before you get into it, just wanted you to know we're fucking killing it. Yeah. We were I went and saw this with Brianna though, uh, in the city, and she had asked me, she was like, What made that movie make its way over here? Like, why don't we see more like international films? And I was like, Well, one, that director already has a lot of clout in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. Snowpiercer and Okja. Yep. But also, one can. Like, that's huge. Yeah. You know? That's all you need. So, it's been getting a lot of buzz. The trailer alone made me want to see it. Like, I didn't even see the trailer. Oh, man. See, the trailer, it didn't ruin anything for me because I knew nothing about it. Right. But the trailer- Because you don't speak Korean. <laughs> there are subtitles in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but uh, in the trailer, you know how, like, there's, like, text pops up in trailers that's like, You won't believe what happens, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta check it out. <laughs> in the trailer for Parasite, it says, You will think Parasite is one thing, and then it becomes something else. Uh, yeah, understatement of the year. So that being said, when I was watching the movie, I had that in the back of my mind. So like some of the things that happen, granted, I'm surprised by like the events, but like I was waiting for there to be some sort, some of, sort of turn. Yeah. Yeah, see, I knew none of that. The only thing I knew was that it was a Korean film, mm -hmm. which I texted you after seeing this, which I guess, all right, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like I texted you afterwards and I was like, I forgot how much I love Korean cinema. I've seen quite a few different uh, movies, like Korean film, but also Japanese, less Chinese, I've noticed, but... I have like a real affinity towards like Asian cinema, like old boy big for me. It's like probably like a top 10 or maybe top 15, depending on if I like really had to boil down, but like, old, I love old boy. That's a Korean film, completely different director, but I was very surprised that I didn't know anything about this movie ahead of time. And I'm so glad that I went into it kind of blind, but we're going to get all into the the meat and potatoes of this. This is the first foreign film we've ever done on the podcast, right? Yeah. We are going full snobbery. Yeah, <laughs> full snobbery. Yeah. We are hardly two dudes anymore. We are two sophisticated gentlemen's mm -hmm. movie reviews. Yeah. We're going to have two, to change the name scholars. of the website. Yeah, two scholars. Expert opinions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not two even scholars, movie expert opinions. <laughs> movie facts. Yeah. <laughs> We have un our opinions are now facts. We are <laughs> undeniable. That being said, go to tutusmoviereviews.com. Yep. We're not actually changing the name of the website. We never. I paid for a year. <laughs> We're maybe, keeping that a year. Maybe after a year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll just change the name of the show every year. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll finally start that furniture podcast we've been talking about exactly. since episode one. 
But yeah, man, very interesting. We're doing something different on the podcast that we've never done before. Yeah, this I was like that. It's it's exciting. It's different. Yeah, it. I I like it. I like broadening our horizons. Also, like now at least we have something to hang our hat on when like the Oscars come around. And we're like, oh, best foreign film. <laughs> yeah, we've seen at least one, <laughs> one movie from the. Category. I know which one's winning this one. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie I've seen from said category. <laughs> that was like me when you were like, let's do Oscar predictions last year, yeah. and I was like like sure and you were like all right well here's the movies for best best uh, film and i'm like i've seen none of those except for <laughs> black panther and i don't think it should win <laughs> yeah it's taking really hard stances on movies Th- i hadn't seen this year we'll both have all the opinions though i know i'm so mm-hmm. excited unless there's some like weird out of left field movie that gets nominated and it's like you know a late edition in the year and it's something that has like a super limited release because i'm shocked that we got this movie by us. Yeah. Full-blown shocked. Because awesome, though. So cool that it, it came out over here. Very cool, but we didn't even get Jojo Rabbit up by us, but we got Parasite, a film that is 100% subtitled in Korean. And, like, I don't think we even got The Farewell all the way up by us. We had to go to Palisades for The Farewell. I, uh, it may have come eventually over to us, but, yeah, we, me and you had to go to Palisades to go see it. Yeah. So accidentally walking into the same theater or it was know, awesome yeah happy accident yeah last year's oscars though that did happen when the oscars came around i'd seen almost everything but there was like three or four movies that never came out over near us yeah. and they didn't come out until like after the oscars almost like they never like on blu-ray or something yeah like they, yeah. they never came out over near us they only came out like limited elsewhere well that's kind of like the problem with that it's like if you got like your december movies aren't gonna hit shelves until like march maybe like if and that's depending on how long they run like you might not get them until like june yeah last year i never saw destroyer which nicole kidman was nominated for i never saw can you ever forgive me which melissa mccarthy was nominated for Hmm. and i never saw i think it was called private war which was nominated i think for best cinematography uh, there was like one other thing that was not mirror for a lot, but there was like, yeah, like four movies that like just came out around that time that like never came over here. So I couldn't sneaking see them. in there, man. Yeah. It's fucking looking slimy, sneaky. This though, I'm really happy we got. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We're, we're talking a little too much about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely are getting into it a little bit too soon. This, this I'm excited though, because I think this is something that y- you're going to have more than I will. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say on it. Cause I think this is more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, for sure. Like honestly, this movie, as soon as I got out, I, I called my mom and I was just like, I think you're going to be liking this. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of my movie taste I did get from my mom's taste. Like she was a huge Tarantino fan. Uh, she's, always had like a really diverse collection of movies and it was through her that I actually like found a lot of like foreign films that I was just like, Whoa, this is fucking weird. Or this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a movie. I might get the name wrong. I believe I could look it up. It's city of children. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, it, it's like a French film or something, but it's got Ron Perlman in it and it's very fucking weird. Oh no, I'm wrong. It's uh, City of Lost Children. Oh, okay. And it is even that poster looks really weird. Yeah, I pulled it up for you, but it's like young Ron Perlman, and it is quite an interesting tale, and like pretty, pretty fucking like scary. It's like stealing children's dreams to like fuel some other fucking like weird contrap. It's super dark, but <laughs> yeah, like I've always had access to like these weird fucking pits of cinema where you find like all this dark and like kind of gruesome stuff and especially like a lot of like asian cinema like has those places to find like some of it is kind of horror but almost like deserves its own genre when when it comes to like battle royale is it that's japanese though it's super fucking violent like i wouldn't call it a horror movie but battle royale is really influential though like yeah. Not in, not even just in terms of cinema, because now like it's basically spawned an entire video game genre. Yeah, because that's where PUBG was inspired by Battle Royale. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. And now every game needs to have a Battle Royale mode. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, there you go. So, but that I mean, that movie, you know what that's about, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like, there's a lot of movies coming out of there that are that are like that, where it's just like. I don't know how to label 
this in any genre and that's actually going to come around to this movie so yeah i'm super excited to talk about it i've been dying to talk about it you're the only other person i know who has seen it yeah i was happy that i saw it with brianna because then i could talk about it immediately with someone oh i told megan about it she because I, I was just like oh man this movie i'm like she could tell i was walking on eggshells she was like I'm never going to see it. You can just spoil it. I'm like, oh, thank God. So here I go. And I just explained <laughs> it to her. But yet she did Brianna like it? Oh, yeah. She really liked it. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited for this episode. Me too. But before we get to s- spill your beans on now I'm referencing other other movies, <laughs> other real snobbery going on here. But before we before we get into Parasite, we got to pump the brakes and make it make a little pit stop. On the road to fine art, we gotta we gotta stop along along the trail on the tracks on the train tracks to fucking imagination land to our fucking you know what this place <laughs> we go, we go to a certain type of place fairly often and I would say right pretty much every episode yeah. Literally every episode. Well, no, there's been some bonus episodes. Bonus episodes where we, we don't do them. It. Yeah, we skip yeah. the trailer park entirely. We get bored with this shit. Get over it. But this place, you know, we don't always go to the same place every time. We go to the same type of place in different, how you say, neighborhoods. You know, like sometimes, sometimes you got to go to a place that I like to call. The trailer park. <laughs> Look at that little jingle. Yeah. So what are we talking? I don't know what we're talking, but I do have a question. What? What's your? What's? What is your question? Oh my god. Would Would you be my? <laughs> could you be my? Fuck neighbor. Boy? <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck boy. <laughs> fuck boy. <laughs> little it callback <laughs> yeah we're doing a beautiful day in the neighborhood yeah uh did you watch the documentary that came out last year i fell asleep to it i watched oh no i might have finished it. i might have went back and finished it it's on hbo i know i at least saw more than half of it okay uh and then i might have went back and finished it i don't fully remember he dies in the end right <laughs> my reaction to that was just a shoulder shrug it's like, come, <laughs> like, on, come on <laughs> grow up but but yeah no i mean the documentary at least what i remember seeing of it if it wasn't the whole thing was really good like really yeah. compelling and the, the documentary was sitting at 100 percent last year for a while and yeah. um i was a little bit surprised that it wasn't nominated for for best documentary last year because uh, it got so much like you know good buzz around it and stuff might have come out at, like the wrong time or maybe, maybe yeah it something did, to it do with its earlier. release didn't qualify it yeah maybe but no, i i like the documentary a lot he's I mean, a pretty fascinating guy at parts it almost makes me a little uncomfortable <laughs> yeah he's just got this aura about him but yeah dude. i remember watching the show when i was a kid though yeah i don't know if you ever if your parents had you watch in mr rogers neighborhood but i never was just like oh uh, you gotta sit down every time it's on and like watch it but i've seen a lot of it and that's kind of the same way i was with thomas the tank engine when i was a kid like Mm -hmm. it was never a show or at least to my recollection it was never a show where i was like way into and needed to watch a ton of it but if i remember i've definitely come across it i have a feeling when i was younger like, cause I know that I watched it. I don't know if it was a thing where it was like I had to watch it when it was on and stuff like that. I think my parents just had me watch it. But I, th- yeah. I think when I was younger, like before I can really remember, like I watched a lot of Sesame Street. I watched a lot of yeah. this. I watched a lot of Barney. The first show that well, I Barney kinda- was the number one for me as yeah. a kid. I remember though, like the first show that I was actually like. I need my ass in front of the TV to watch this is Power Rangers. Oh like the, yes, yeah, hell yeah. But then like I I know for a fact that I watched Mister Rogers Neighborhood because I have memories of the show and like even when I was watching the documentary, like there was stuff yeah. that I remembered. But yeah, do you want to get into this? Yeah, let's get into this. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers in here, right with the music. Yep. It's a beautiful day. And of course, if you're going to make a movie about a really likable character, would you, you go mine? with one of the most likable Could actors in all mine? of Hollywood. I was going to I was going to say, can you see anybody but Tom Hanks playing Please this character like person right now? Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Toms? Hello, Tom Cruise? No. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, let's not go that far. A Scientologist fuck. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Boyd. No. my childhood. This looks Oscar baby, right? This oh, for sure. An issue about heroes. Like a hundred percent. Consider yeah. yourself a hero. We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah, like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would I do that? Rogers. <laughs> you call my Rogers. You love broken people <clears throat> like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. Yeah, but going back I to Hank, he's such like a believable, nice person because generally, anytime you hear about him, one of them it's stories of him being a nice person. Yeah, like he actually. Um, he went shopping at my ex's old store. Really? Oh, this is, yeah. This is a nice little way to end the trailer, though. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. But yeah, like even even like her accounting of him coming in, like he's super nice to everybody. He's really just low key and seemingly genuinely sweet. So like yeah, he's a, he's the only person who could actually do Mr. Rogers right now. Like I can't. I'm actually I'm surprised that we haven't heard his name more in the uh, Oscar conversation for Best Actor. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this movie. This movie. That, yeah, obviously, obviously not in his career. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. he's <laughs> always up in that biz. Yeah, I'm saying for this year because we keep hearing the same names over and over again. You never hear yeah. his name. I mean, it's definitely, it showed places. Like, people have seen this movie. It's been making its rounds for a while now. Does this have a tomato score? Do you know? Probably does. I'm going to look. Because I know it's been shown at quite a few places uh, in terms of, like, festivals and stuff. Like, it hasn't, it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, it had a limited release and then it's going wide. Like, I have a feeling that once this movie is out, it's just out. Like, it's going to be a wide release. It's Sony Pictures, so there's no reason to do, like, the limited and then wait a couple weeks and then put it everywhere. I think it's just, just dropping. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it, though. Like, that's crazy. I'm, I'm going to look up to see if it's got a tomato meter score already. But, I mean, yeah, just the themes it's tackling, who, who Tom Hanks is portraying, the fact that it's Tom Hanks. Everything about this movie screams Oscar bait, kind of. Yeah, even the look and the feel of it, like, there's a lot of mood that's apparent in the way that the scenes are lit and that the the kind of the camera setup for some of these shots, like, really seems like it's going to be exploring not only what the show meant, all of that, but what his impact was outside of the TV show. Because, like, in the documentary, it, touches on when he appeared at uh in like defense of like funding for PBS and like a lot of the different like outreach stuff that he has done so it you know it's it's not just a quote unquote like hollywood story like you see with like a lot of other biopics like there's a lot more i feel like behind this movie that will make it very different from other biopics that we've seen in recent years that was kind of something with with the documentary is like I feel like a lot of documentaries pick a subject where like there can be like a push and pull. Yeah. And I felt like the documentary was for the most part straight through was it was very like heartfelt and like like happy. Like it was, yeah. it was a feel good story. There wasn't that thing of and then Mr. Rogers started doing heroin. <laughs> like it really tells a tale of a guy who was genuine not only in his work but in his interactions with humans yeah i think that that's just how he was is that the way he was lends the movie to be like that because he was just such a positive person and stuff like that right like i I saw judy recently and like that touches on judy garland's like drug dependency and alcohol dependency and stuff and it shows like that kind of dark side behind the scenes that a lot of people weren't aware of whereas this there's no dark side so but i wonder what that might mean for this movie's 
I was going to say, it looks like the dark side, though, might be in, in uh, the character that he's helping. Like, I think that's probably where you're going to get your conflict and stuff like that. Yeah, because I was going to say, there needs to be some sort of conflict that helps propel the story forward. And there's some sort of arc for a character because it's like, what is the arc for Mr. Rogers when he, you know, when we meet him in this movie, it looks like he's already been going for a while. And then it doesn't look like this movie's going to end with his death. It looks like it's a portion of his life. Yeah, you know? I, I I doubt it would end with his death. If anything, there's going to be a thing that pops up at the end of this movie with the screen, like Mr. Rogers lived till blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and all of his other achievements after. I'm excited for it. This isn't something that I have, like, penciled in. Like, I need to be there, like, first day when it comes out. Right. But I, I'm pretty confident that this will be a good movie. Yeah, and I think it'll be a contender when it comes time for Oscars. Like, look at the subject matter, look at the actor, look at the just everything about what is being presented to us just in this trailer. Like, I, as long as it's not total shit, which <laughs> how? Yeah, but I think I think this movie's pushing to try and get some gold. Yeah, and I mean, this is a movie that I wouldn't mind taking like like my parents to go see or something like that just because yeah. like i used to watch it like you know they they're familiar with it like i think it's not this... gonna be like a hardcore sex scene or anything <laughs> well no but, but i was gonna say like i feel like this movie will resonate with people of a lot of different ages and stuff like that yeah for sure so, the uh the director on this movie mariel heller she acted in mcgruber really yeah she Wait, was who's she mcgruber clocky 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 it's not ringing a bell well, she was in it. Interesting. The I'm, movie MacGruber? Hell yeah, the movie MacGruber. Two, 2010, baby. Man, I love that movie. I know you love that movie. So that's why it's I was so like, hey, good. let me drop a little bit of knowledge on you. <laughs> Must be some like side character. Yeah, shit. it's got a deep cut in there. Oh, but yeah, okay. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that has to give you some points. Just tell me what in here you want me to fuck. <laughs> Real line from that movie. I know. <laughs> so good. We were watching it the one night when I was over your your place. Oh, and, you're, so and you're just good. like, and, and look at this scene. Look at this scene. Yeah, it's like you gotta see this one too, though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good I, eulogy. Could have used a little less swearing. Well, they were really fucking good men. This has been an asshole of a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greats. Oh, it really is, though. <laughs> but yeah, man. Enough about that, Mister Rogers hack. <laughs> <laughs> After all of the praise we just gave him, that fucking scumbag. <laughs> Fuck him. Let's talk parasite, baby. Yeah, so honestly, like, I feel like this is going to come across wrong, and I don't mean it this way. For me, like, foreign films are really not, like, my forte. Yeah. And a lot of that is because I think that I'm someone who enjoys visual storytelling a lot. And there's plenty of that in foreign films, obviously. It's just, like, I'm a slow-ass reader, and I'm dumb, and it takes me forever to read. So when I go see a movie that's all in subtitles, I spend most of the time just reading. Yeah. Which which happens, but it's like I can't actually like sit there and like look at what's going on as much. It's hard for you to soak everything in because yeah. you're trying to split your vision yeah, between basically. the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. and everything else. And like there's been plenty of films that have come out that I've like I've really liked that have been foreign films. It's just it's hard for them to really resonate with me on the way that something else would where I'm like really taking in all like the mood and like the cinematography and everything of it. So yeah, I I think that's fair. I think a lot of people, maybe they don't have the exact same reasoning as like what you're saying. Cause like that makes a lot of sense because I do understand that because I'm that kind of psycho who watches like Netflix with the subtitles on, mm-hmm. even if it's in English, but that's more so because I try to keep the TV quiet. Like if Logan's sleeping or anything like yeah. that, so it's only since I've become a parent that I start doing that. And especially because doing the show, like I want to see what the script is. I want to hear, I want to make sure I catch every word. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, have kind of trained myself to be able to split my eye. And I am a very quick reader. Like, I'm not at yeah, all. <laughs> I, I like fly through shit because generally you're getting a full sentence. And the good thing about especially... Uh, a lot of like Asian cinema is that while yes, there is, it is obviously subtitled. The language itself is a lot of sounds for little words for little words. So when they have a sentence up on the screen, it's up there for a while considering how much they're speaking. So you get to read the sentence. Like I could like, got it. And then they're still saying that sentence for a while so I can actually pay attention to what's going on within the scene. Mm-hmm. I was going to say like Roma last year. 
Yeah, I, I liked Roma a lot, but a lot of Roma also comes down to the visuals in that because of how good the cinematography was in that movie. Yeah. And I couldn't fully appreciate it. And Roma's I, got the opposite effect because Spanish, like, it fucking flies by yeah. and you got to keep up. Mm-hmm. But uh, Roma was a, a phenomenal movie. It didn't resonate with me the way that I was hoping it would, and that might be because of the, the language barrier thing. One of my favorite movies uh, in general, though, like, at least one of my favorite Guillermo del Toro movies is Pan's Labyrinth, though. Like, I yeah, lo- love go. that movie. Raw, which came out a couple years ago. Did you see that movie? No. It was kind of kind of crazy. Think, think, like, a girl goes away to college, and then, you know, like, kids usually, like, discover new things about themselves while in college. She basically yeah. finds out that she's a cannibal. <laughs> oh, nice. I think you told me about this movie. Yeah, I think I did. Dope. Was that but, from last year? It was two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, but no, I mean, for a, a foreign film to, like, really like hit me where i'm like oh wow like that was amazing it's got to be really fucking good yeah so and for a foreign film to reach us it's got to be be really really good good. yeah this movie i can see being difficult to talk about too just because english being a first language for us name pronunciation oh yeah i don't know if you want me to tackle it because i i have uh i know a little bit of mandarin which i know is not korean at all but okay yeah, why don't you take the the, the fast <clears throat> facts? Okay, okay. So, starting with our director Bong Joon Ho, he is the guy. I didn't know this when I was seeing Parasite. Literally walked into Parasite completely blind. Didn't see the trailer. Don't know anybody. You didn't know that he was in it. Snowpiercer and in Okja. Okja. Yeah. yeah, those are the two biggest that I think quote mainstream audiences are actually gonna know. Did you ever hear the host? The host was pretty popular when it came out. I've heard of it, but never saw it. Like, okay, I I do remember seeing uh seeing like really positive buzz on that one. Yeah, that that was one that that's from a long while ago though, wasn't that was, that like was two thousand six? Okay, so that was more than ten years ago. Yeah. I was gonna say like, so he's been doing this for a while, dude. His lowest rated movie is a seventy six. Oh wow! And here I'm gonna run down backwards his scores. Leaving off, obviously, Parasite, 90, 93, 76, 96, 80, 95, 77, 86. <laughs> Dude's fucking crushing it. He has not made anything rotten. I wonder what his average is, because the other day I was curious, so I was doing director's averages, like I was averaging out their career just for the hell of it. Yeah. I did Christopher Nolan. He averaged an 85. Wow. And then I did uh, Ryan Johnson, because... I was curious because everyone is up in a tizzy about him doing uh, Star Wars movies. He has the same average as Christopher Nolan. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I uh, included Knives Out in that because Knives Out is sitting high right now, but that might drop a little bit. But no, that's fun. I'd be curious as to what, what his average is. I'm sure it's good just hearing oh, yeah. that. Yeah, it's got to be high mid to high 80s i would assume i'm actually gonna have an answer for you're you gonna do like it right now seconds. i'm literally doing it like on my phone <laughs> as we're talking about it so let me see one two three four five six seven eight nine his average is an 88 yeah so that's, that's crazy really that's a b plus average that that's the thing like very very little directors average in in the 80s like like a high 80 most or of mid them to are like mid to low 70s i, I would say most yeah because because every director has that one film that brings everything down like yeah even like some of the best like even uh like tarantino death proof brings yeah. the score down like every director has that one it's and a then, flub. Yeah, and then it doesn't seem like he, he doesn't have one. I mean, like, Christopher Nolan really doesn't have one. His, crazy. his lowest ranked movie is still a C. Like, a high C, nearly a C plus. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, so like, he, he has, like, a proven track record. The thing is, he doesn't have a totally proven track record with Western audiences. Mm-hmm. Unless you've sought out some of his movies. Because even like Snowpiercer and Okja, like I know a lot of people haven't seen Okja, even though it's like a Netflix movie. I think Snowpiercer is his most... Uh, yeah, most notable. Yeah, notable movie. Yeah, because he got uh, fucking Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton and that. Octavia Spencer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so yeah, like that, that's fucking cool that, you know, this is another work from him. He directed and he wrote this. Yeah. Director and writers, which is fucking rad. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Those are my favorite when it's like really like one person's brainchild. Yeah, dude, because look at the movies that we've seen this year that have been of that ilk. Like you have Ari Aster with Midsummer, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele with Us. I mean, mostly, yes, it has dabbled in horror. 
And then also Robert Eggers recently with The Lighthouse. But I think that's where you get the most effective storytelling is when the person who is kind of like directing and in charge of the feel of the movie is also the person who created the material. Yeah. Because who's going to better understand it than the fucking creator? Yeah. I mean, we, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we just mentioned that if you don't want to have a horror movie. like, Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. There's a lot of people who deserve credit but it's it's a lot to kind of like go through and especially because like i don't have like a full extent of what everyone else has worked in and in what it would relate to anything that like the swampies would know but (laughs) well we would know either (laughs) or what we would know either yeah that's like the really important thing about that but yeah dude like i I will say this if if you want to start getting into it if you want to get into just the acting i can't understand what they're saying i'm just reading it but like i thought everyone did a great job yeah. And because even with me not understanding it, the parts that were supposed to make me feel tense made me feel tense. The parts where the characters are upset or scared or making jokes made me laugh and made me feel the way I was supposed to feel. Yeah. Like, I was surprised how much this movie actually affected me. Yeah, dude. I didn't take notes, but it's like one of the first things that really stood out to me. And it's something like why when I left the theater, I texted you. I'm like, I forgot how much I love like Korean cinema. It's that something I noticed is like a a trend for a lot of the movies that kind of transcend and make it over here from Asian countries are the genre is not something you can pin down because like you're saying, there's parts where I'm laughing at this and there's parts where like I feel like I'm watching a drama. Like so for a while, I'm like, this is like a dramedy. And then there's like elements that I'm like, this is a thriller. And Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you what genre this movie is. Yeah, because it really does deliver on a lot of different levels and hits you on a lot of different emotions at different points throughout the movie. Like it, it really takes you for a fucking ride. Yeah. The first half of this movie, I would say it's like a dark comedy because I was like really amused by it. I was laughing. I really loved all the characters. I loved seeing the progression of the story and how they get deeper and deeper and embed themselves within the family. And then really the third act of the movie but like once this one event happens you're like oh like what the fuck is going on now like and i wouldn't say it ever becomes a horror movie but it gets intense yeah and it gets kind of violent oh yeah dude (laughs) but holy shit so i had no idea that there was a turn coming yeah but then like or so okay before we even get to that part like you mentioned like how tense it gets I don't know if I said it to you in text. I know I said it to somebody at one point, but like there's a scene in the in the second act of this movie or tor- I guess it's the end of the second act or the beginning of the third act. But all right. So obviously heavy spoilers just for this moment right here. They're trapped in the house and they're kind of hiding under the tables because we yeah. haven't even gotten into really what the movie's about yet. But like that scene, most movies that would be like maybe 10 minutes of your movie tops maybe maybe even five minutes where it's just like oh we gotta we gotta sneak out of here a couple obstacles in the way then you get out of there and you're free and clear this movie makes you sit with that anxiety and that (laughs) tension for like 20 minutes yeah maybe even longer they are stuck in there for so long and i'm just like holy shit we're still here but not in a way where i felt like it was dragging or i felt like it was you know, overstaying its welcome. Like it was just pushing the boundary of how long you could really let an audience sit in the uncomfortable moments. I thought around that moment, it started dragging a little bit, but not so much necessarily when they were hiding under the table. Okay. I like the stuff before, right before it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can feel you when they were kind of like messing around in the house and stuff like that. I was kind of like, all right, what what are we doing here? Because it was even like, even when they found like the, Again, heavy spoilers. Even when they found that that chamber, oh yeah, down there. No, that was I was like, whoa, what is this movie about to become? Yeah, like is this just gonna turn into Saw? Like, what the fuck is going well, on? That's, What's down that's, here? They're in the house, they're messing around, and I was kind of like, okay, where are we going? Then they discover the chain, like the room. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? But then when you get down there, and you just kind of like, it seemed kind of anticlimactic at first because the guys just kind of like, hey, yeah. I'm, li- I'm living here, like. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. I was expecting a little bit more. So like it dragged a little bit for me then, but then it really picks up like the third act ratchets up 
really crazy. Hell yeah. So I guess to like backtrack a little bit, this movie, the core of what it's about is a quote unquote lower class family hard on their luck is basically, you know, received an opportunity. So like the son of the family has a friend who's away at college and he comes back to visits them and he gives them this gift. It's this stone that's supposed to bring you know, good luck and wealth to your to your family, to your yeah. family, yeah. And that kind of almost works as like a centerpiece for like the motivations of like the family for like the rest of the movie. And it comes back around a couple of mm-hmm. times throughout the movie. Like it's clearly like a big theme. And the kind of like inciting incident for uh, everything is that the friend from college is like, "Hey, I want you to tutor this girl who I've been tutoring because I'm going away abroad, and I don't trust these other college guys around here because they're gonna get their like hands on her type thing. Yeah, and I don't want that. And then it's and it's because he's like, yeah, she's too young, but when she's old enough for to go into you know university, university then i'll ask her out properly but i kn- i can trust you that nothing's gonna happen he's <laughs> like yeah sure I'll, I'll you know i'll do it because he needs a job they're poor they don't have any money they established that very well in the beginning yeah and then upon getting that job learns that they need an art teacher for their younger son so he basically weasels his sister in there without telling them that they're related like it it's all lies and games where they're like all right, don't tell them that we're all a family, but they continually start getting their other family members into the... Yeah, like they, they pull off shenanigans and get certain people fired who are already working for the family. So it's like, okay, they got the, the driver fired, yeah. the father's driver. So then they hire their dad as a driver. But again, not knowing that they're all this one family. So uh, just one by one, it just keeps on fucking going. And you, at first, when you're watching it, you like feel bad for them because they are poor and they're down on their luck. They're just trying to do their best. But then as the movie goes on, you're just like, you are all such pieces of shit. Yeah. Like they are real. <laughs> they're the parasites. That's why yeah. it's parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because honestly, it's, it's hard for me to like think of a movie where you have all your characters and some are intentionally supposed to be detestable, but I loved like every character in the movie. Yeah. Because like, that's really how I felt. I felt like every character gave you something. Maybe you don't want to necessarily like be like that person. Cause like, yeah, the main characters, they're all scumbags. Right. But like, yeah, like they, they make you sympathize with them in the beginning of the movie. And then even when they're like getting their claws into the family and like, starting to like infiltrate their family and yeah. mooch off them basically. All of that is played like really funny and stuff like that. Like yeah. Yeah, like you're really enjoying all of it and you're like, this is messed up, but it's also like really fucking oh, funny. Dude, I and love they give when you... it takes to the Ocean Eleven turn. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say real quick, and they give you enough reason to be like these rich people are also scumbags. Like, yeah, like these people are poor. They need the money. Like they, they do a really good job of making you sympathize with these people, even when they're doing shitty things to be like, it, but they, they can take from these people. These, these rich people, they can give yeah. enough money. Like it's kind of like the Robin hood sense too. It's yeah. like, yeah, they're taken from these rich people, but they're also kind of like pricks. Yeah. It's not just them. Like I like the other people, the mom for the rich family. I really liked, I thought yeah, she was great. I thought she was great. And the sister for the for the main car- the main family, mm-hmm. I thought she was hilarious. Also, yeah, well, I think and the, she da- was, the dad was great too. The dad was great. I think the the poor family, their daughter. I think she was probably like the standout for me. Yeah, me too. Because I asked Bri- I asked Brianna after the movie. I was like, "What was your favorite character?" She's she kind of like the, the mastermind yeah. almost mm-hmm. behind the their evil doings. Yeah, <laughs> but I I really like the almost like Ocean Eleven esque like scene it's not like a big like thing of the movie but when they're doing like the the peaches (laughs) yeah stuff like that and like the flicking the dust and like that slow motion like showing how they like slowly get rid of the housemaid who's been there forever Mm -hmm. i thought that was just like really cool when they showed them shaving the peaches i did one of those laughs where like you're trying not to laugh out loud because you're in a theater with like a bunch of people really trying to respect like like the quiet like sanctum of a movie theater. Yeah. But I literally like But it's they, funny. They like... showed the peach and I literally went <laughs> and I just like kind of started laughing really loud. Yeah. But I think I mean I don't think the movie was trying to be like I don't want to say like cool about like I think they it knows like it was it's humorous. Like there's yeah. a lot of humor in this movie and there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of tension and by the end there's a fuck ton of violence yeah 
it's funny because like as smart as they think they're being, they're all really dumb. <laughs> like I know that's that's like the best thing about it too. Yeah, it almost is like a Pink Panther type scenario. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like they say like, man, this rich family is so gullible because they are really gullible. I love when uh, the daughter is talking about like the art therapy thing, and she's like, I just read like some article on art therapy, and she ate it. Like, yeah, she's like, I was just making it up, but she like basically told him like, yeah, your son's probably schizophrenic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jesus. Out of all of the ad libs or lies you could have came up with, you went hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the part with the hot sauce. <laughs> oh, dude, they could... he pulls out the napkin so gently and just looking back like, oh no. no. <laughs> yeah, that part too. Like, yeah, they get the the maid, the housekeeper fired basically, who's been working under the family for like. Ever and the way they do it is since they can, before that family even moved yeah, into the house. They can they convince the family that <laughs> that she has tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up, man. I again I was not expecting to laugh so much at this movie. Yeah, for sure. And and you know what too? It's a very beautiful looking movie. Oh, yeah. I man. the the way that it's shot and the way that it plays dude, off garbage of, like, looks like, beautiful in this movie. I know, dude. <laughs> And yeah, like, you know, even like the lower income, like neighborhood that they live in and stuff like it just looks fucking cool. It's super, it's like it's vibrant, it's colorful, but it is also like gritty. It almost has like that neon noir like feel to it. That one shot, I think it might even be in the trailer, that one shot when it's raining and it's it's a it's a scene panning down and there's all the yes. uh, telephone wires and stuff like that. Yes. That's like, well, that's one of my favorite shots for any movie. This I was year. thinking of like that, that torrential downpour, like when they're running back to their home, mm-hmm. that's like the, a huge standout for me of like what this movie really feels like and looks like. like yeah. It, it looks beautiful. And knowing now that it is same, you know, director, writer from, well, I don't know if he directed and wrote Snowpiercer and Okja and stuff, but yeah. uh, knowing that it's that same vision behind the camera, it totally makes sense because those movies also have a very similar grit and kind of like color grading to them that it translates perfectly into this. And it actually, I think it looks even better in this because you have the landscape that kind of... I like the contrast between like the places also like yeah like it's two sides of a coin mm-hmm. like yeah i think and i think that message is very clear in the way that like scenes are shot in the way that even like the lighting between the the two places like when they are back home in like their more impoverished area like it's, it's a lot dimmer like everything's a lot dimmer mm-hmm. but then when they're back at the house like everything's super bright and well lit yeah with the exception of like the doorway to the basement which i love what they did there with the shadows mm-hmm where it's just like you walk into it and it's just you disappear into blackness like yeah that was really cool i love what they did with the ghost quote unquote also that's oh, fucking creepy that was yeah that was yeah. weird as shit we'll we'll get to that one more thing with like the lighting and stuff like that the house itself that they used was almost like another character in some ways cuz like yeah. they spent so much time in the house and they obviously used a real house i'm assuming i felt like just the way that the scenes played out and everything like I felt by the end of that movie that I could navigate that house. Like I yeah, felt like sure. I knew the layout of the house by like, and I that think, was just like, I think it's definitely intentional too. Yeah. So I, I love that. And then I guess we already kind of went past here, but I wanted to bring it up because I saw the movie and there was like, there's certain things that happen later on in the movie that you fixate on, but the setup to the main family in the beginning also, I just loved all of it. Like just to set up how poor they are and stuff. Because yeah. like they're fighting over the Wi-Fi, not fighting over the Wi-Fi, well, but they they lose their Wi-Fi. They're trying to yeah. find a signal, so they're like crawling in the corners of like the house and like yeah, like oh my god, I found like two G Cafe World, like yeah like, stuff like that. <laughs> like it's also like the toilet in their house is like higher than they are. <laughs> like, yeah, like they have a joint job of folding pizza boxes. Like yeah, the setup for the characters in the movie is actually probably one of my favorite setups for like a. Like a character or a group of people in because, any movie this this year because it's quick. There's no exposition in this movie. I mean, yeah, it's quick. It makes you laugh. You you know, yeah. You you understand the stakes and the players instantly. Mm-hmm. The fumigation thing. Yeah, that's great. No, no, no. Just leave the windows open. It'll be f- free, free fumigation. Yeah, free fumigation. <laughs> and they're like all coughing and choking in it. But the dad's the only one who's still just like just yeah. keeps going. It's just like whatever. Like I just got to do this. 
I like the seeds they plant throughout the movie too. Like there's things that they show you in plain sight or they tell you and then like you kind of forget about them and they come around later. Yeah. Like the ghost thing. Yep. Or the or the flickering light. The flickering light, the ghost. Also when they first discover the man living down there and they're just kinda like, How could you live like this? Mm-hmm. That comes back around to yeah. the end and he's just like, It was just easy, like it's not as bad. Like this just became my life and then I don't remember He's like, I might have been born here. I might have had my wedding here. Like, I don't remember. He's yeah. like, I've just been here but for so long. I also like when they bring up the housekeeper, the dad says like, oh, she's a great housekeeper. She eats a little bit too much. But yeah, and then, you know, like that comes around because you're like, oh, well, yeah, she's stealing food for her husband. That's in the basement. Like, right. Yeah. No, really smart dialogue in it. Like this is this is up there for me, man. This me is really too. up there. That's. That's surprising because, like I said, it, it takes a lot for me to really like a movie this much. And I had mentioned on, uh, I don't think it was this episode. I think it was a previous episode. Just that this year there's more movies that I love. This is in that category. Yeah. I, I really like this movie. Same, bro. Same. Well, before we wrap up on the movie, can we can we full-blown spoil the ending and just talk about how incredible that was? Oh yeah, we we can we can go full spoiler, full spoils. I mean, we've already spoiled the biggest thing already, and yeah. So, but yeah, full spoilers from here on out. Yeah. So, dude, that fucking climax, like the fact that all right, so they they finally get away after almost being caught having essentially a party in there, and mind you, the rich family has no idea that they are all related. Yeah. And then they go back to their poor semi-basement house that's completely flooded. All their shit's ruined. All their shit is ruined because of their shit. It's yeah. literally covered, covered in poop. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the toilet is exploding, essentially. Yeah. I love that when she's like sitting on the toilet. Brianna said the same like thing. it's like exploding out the bottom and everything. Yeah, Brianna was like, that girl was just sitting on a toilet that was exploding and she just lit up a cigarette. She was like, what a badass. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking crushing it. But but then the next the next day they all get called up to go back to the house you know separately mm-hmm. and uh, perform their duties but they're gonna have a birthday party for the son who also you're talking about seeds they planted earlier the mom had mentioned ever since the ghost he saw the ghost on his birthday that one year they've always celebrated his birthday outside of the house mm-hmm. and then sure enough the first time they celebrate back in the house he shows up again. And it's also another terrifying birthday for their son. So it like it all comes back around like it's so tightly written. It's fucking it's beautiful. I have I have one thing that I want to ask you and then maybe you could answer it. All right. Hit me. The guy in the basement. Yeah. He basically says like the little boy, he's, he's a scout. He'll know what I'm saying. And he's sending him Morse code through the light. Mm-hmm. And the little boy looks at the light and he sees it. Yeah. What does the little boy think? What do you mean? Well, like he said, he basically is like he's trying to send. Oh, the he little... probably thinks the light is a ghost too. He probably he thinks, thinks the light's a ghost. The house is haunted. I wasn't sure if the boy understood the Morse code and like. Well, because go... he shows him trying to decode it, but he has letters wrong. Oh, okay. Like when he has it written down, he wrote like Hulp, like H O L P. So like he doesn't have it perfectly down, you know? Okay. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if there was some significance because this movie does. Man, I love the ending too. This movie does leave some things ambiguous, yeah, and lets you kind of be like, put it together for yourself. You can you can take it one way or another, however this ends. But that was one thing that I was like, I wonder if that's supposed to be there to make you believe that the kid knew something. Yeah, or you know, I I wasn't sure. Yeah, or maybe, I don't know. Or maybe he just didn't know Morse code, or maybe he he thought it was the ghost talking to him, and he was like, what the fuck? Could go could go anyway, but oh boy, <laughs> that ending. So the the man who's been living in the basement, he had to watch his his wife die, the old housemaid. Yeah. Because oh. dude, that scene when when the poor mom fucking punts her down the stairs. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, oh shit. There this- was there was two oh shit moments for me. That was one of them. Yeah. And then the rock to the face. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. Oh, man. So we're not even going to bother spoiling literally everything because, like, the third act is one after another. Holy fuck. Like, and brutally violent shit goes down. Yeah. Yeah, The Rock. Because, all right, so the guy in the basement, (laughs) the guy in the basement rocks the 
the sun. Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally rocks him. And then you don't see that. All you see is like the man runs up and it's like, you know, chest up and he drops the rock. And I'm just like, whoa, that's crazy. But then he picks the rock up again. They give you a wide shot and you see the whole thing. And he does it again. He hits him twice with the rock. Yeah. When he does it the second time, though, it's like, ooh, yeah, it looks really disturbingly real and violent. And like, yeah. I was, and part of me was like, I really hope that that rock was like made of like styrofoam or something like that because yeah. like he literally drops it on his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks rough. Yeah. The guy who's been living in their basement for years gets out goes into the party and basically tries to go on a killing spree yeah he grabs like kitchen knife and and murders the poor family's daughter yeah in front of the mom and her mom and dad Mm -hmm. who you know at this point have not revealed that they are her mom and dad but at this point now it's just like all over meanwhile the dad has been slowly going crazy over the past few days I want to go back to like afterwards. I want to go back to something he says earlier before this all happens. But then, yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, he's trying to kill the mom and they're fighting. And then the whole time the the rich dad is like, throw me the keys, throw me the keys, because they also set up earlier like, oh, you know what? Like the response time you you have to have for uh, when your child has like a seizure, it's like 15 minutes or the, they could die or whatever. So mm-hmm. now that's come back around because the, the little kid had passed out again because he saw the ghost again. And then like, dude, <laughs> it's so brilliant. But then uh, there's just pandemonium. <laughs> and then the fucking the fucking mom runs like a barbecue skewer through the side of the the ghost man from the basement. <laughs> the ghost man. And then he's dying. And then uh, the rich dad finally gets the keys. But then poor dad goes, grabs the knife from the crazy guy and murders the rich dad. Does he does he murder him? Yeah, he's dead. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he killed him. Yeah. That was something that felt a little bit out of the blue. No, I don't think so. Because really, I mean, like, is it just because he kept saying he smelled? <laughs> yeah, there's. it's that. It's even from the beginning, like, he's he's had, like, something that either, either guilt of not being able to provide for his family, but, like, there's, there's just always been something about him where he's just kind of, like, feels defeated. And I think that's important in a line of dialogue he delivers uh, after their house is flooded. When they finally get away, he's just like, all right, forget like whatever the plan was. He's like, I'm, I'm going to follow my own plan. And then his son asks him like later, like, what was your plan? You said you had a plan. He's like, my plan is no plan. Because when you have no plan, you can't fail. Mm-hmm. And it's like super bleak. And it's like real like nihilistic. Even before that, like you just see him kind of like almost like zoned out in like his own head there's the stuff about like the the rich dad being just like oh he's got like a real gross smell it smells like a old wet rag yeah so i think just all of that combination just built up on him and he was just like fuck this <laughs> but then especially like you know his daughter getting stabbed and like all this crazy shit like he's already been going off the rails for i just a while i just wasn't sure if there was much of a motivation to kill him like the only thing that I could see was like the guy's just been telling me he smells <laughs> and he was like, that's it. I've had enough. Yeah. I don't smell. <laughs> but I think especially when it comes to the ending ending and where he goes after he kills the dad, I think I love that. Yeah, that was so good. I and I think that circles back to when he was having the conversation with the man who was previously living in the basement and how he was telling him, he's like, it's really not that bad. Like, I just got used to it and it got to a point where I don't remember when I wasn't down here and running away from your problems type thing i almost feel like that was a catalyst to kind of tell him you can let go a little bit like let go doesn't matter what you do you could do anything and you just disappear down here and mm-hmm. he, so i think almost that was giving him permission to do this thing in his mind okay you know you know that was that was one of the only things in the movie that i was kind of like iffy on like if i like that or not the act itself, like, it didn't take anything away. It just seemed out of the blue yeah. for, for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, the way that it ends, they set up basically that, like, the cops never found him. Right. He just disappeared. Yeah. And the son didn't end up dying. And the son didn't end up dying. Actually, this is a prequel to the Joker. 
and um, yeah. <laughs> descend into madness. <laughs> but yeah, now he he has the same condition that that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker has. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Where yeah. he's just uncomfortably, like, he's just laughing be- as like an be- impulse because of a you know head trauma injury. Which I said yeah. to Brianna after we left the theater, I'm like, is that like new? Like that disease is like the new thing in cinema. Like yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Everything's the Joker now. <laughs> so, so that kid has as that, but the dad was never found, and the kid goes back to the house, and the lights going off, and it's set up that yeah, like when he left, he didn't actually leave the house. He went back into the house, went down into the into the basement because the, the family didn't know about the secret corridor. Yeah, so he went back, and now the dad is in the basement, and he basically like when <laughs> when the family that lives there now leaves he comes up and he gets food and he goes back down yeah i love the way the movie ends with like one like that's like so like weird and like creepy that he's living down there but two like i love the ambiguous ending and where he's basically like it shows me he's like one day i'm gonna make enough money to buy that house then all you'll have to do is walk up upstairs and they show they show that happen but then it cuts back to him and he's right in the know and then he's like He's like, until then, like, goodbye or something like that. And then the, yeah. and then, so you don't even know if he ended up buying the house or not. Like, I'm going to say probably not, but you, don't, don't, you know, never man. know. You never know. Like, yeah. they, he could have eventually bought the house and then they would have all been together. Or that dad just lived down in the basement of that house forever. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which is terrifying. Because you hear stories about that in real life where people are like, I had no idea someone was living in my attic for the last three years. Mm-hmm. No, well, that's fucking scary. I've meant, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show i may have mentioned it when we did the scary stories episode Mm -hmm. but that type of thing freaks the shit out of me where it's like someone living in your house and you don't even know it yeah that happened recently i think in warwick like oh really yeah like within like the last like couple years i think someone was living in like this family's crawl space from like a month and shit was going missing in their house that's nuts yeah yeah and all of that yeah and then there was one of the pizza places in Warwick. Someone was living in the ceiling of that place for like two days and they came down and tried to rob it and they got caught. But like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, but like that whole concept is so eerie to me because like nothing is scarier when you think you're by yourself and you're really not. Yeah. There, there's someone there just watching you the whole time. Yep. That's why that scene when the kids like I saw a ghost and he looks over to there and the eyes are just peeking through the darkness up the steps. Yeah. Uh, man, like, I was like, I was like, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, fuck all of that. <laughs> so I think they did a great job with the way the movie ends because, like, they're all scumbag characters. They don't deserve a happy ending. But you did like them throughout the movie, like, oddly enough. Like, you get yeah. attached to them. So I think they give you an ending they deserve, kind of. Where yeah. it's, it's not a happy ending, but I think it's an ending that you could possibly be satisfied with by giving you the, the thing where it's like, well, maybe he did buy the house type thing. Like I felt very satisfied by the end. Yeah, no, I think I think the ending is is as satisfying as they could have given you. Considering the circumstances. Considering the circumstances. Because <laughs> they had to justify it. You couldn't have given them a happy ending, yeah. but I don't think people would have wanted something like super bleak and it's just like man all these people that i liked for most of the movie died or well that's right up my alley yeah i know but like <laughs> don't, I, I feel like you probably really like the ending too right oh yeah i loved it yeah you fucking kidding me because it's still not very happy no it, it's it's not happy but it, i think it gives you a a sliver of hope if you if you want to feel that way yeah mm-hmm. dude this is a very interesting and very cool movie it's super unique and and original yeah which is says a lot in this day and age there's not a lot of like original content and this is by far like probably the most original thing i've seen all year that's tough man it could could be but yeah do you got a tomato 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 on this the critics are bringing this in at a 99 percent well yeah dude that's crazy 99 yeah 265 reviews on it too it's not like there's only like you know a couple 50 or something like that where yeah, a lot of reviews, 99. I want to find the one guy who gave it a negative review and Fuck be like, this. what the hell's wrong with this person? <laughs> Audience, tomato, 93%. Wow, so they're really high on it too. This is one where, yeah, the audience and the critics are both very high on it. That is very rare. Yeah, and really cool for this movie. Yeah, right? That being said, I feel like the audience that sought this movie out are probably all film lovers. Right. And I think so. that's going to be a thing. Like, I don't think just anybody will go see this movie and really appreciate it. Yeah. But I am going to say tomato. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what I gave it? 
I think you gave it an A+. Plus. You're fucking right, I did. <laughs> yeah. I loved this. Yeah, I really liked it, too. I'm also going tomato, and I'm also going A+. Plus. Wow, really? Yeah, man. It's less impressive when I give an A+. Plus. So I'm very <laughs> impressed that not only are we given the same grade, but it's so good. After I walked out of the theater, I think it was an A, and then I just thought about it nonstop. Right? I can't days. stop thinking about it. I yeah. really want to go see it again. Yeah, I want to see it again, too. I just got to be in a mood to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you bring your you bring your little monocle your little reading glasses you, d- you do like the opera the little binoculars on a stick mm-hmm. yeah you do one of those mm-hmm. let me see this movie this is a movie when it comes out on blu-ray i'm gonna be buying it the day it comes out oh, how much i loved it these type of movies i have to be in that mood to watch it because you have to like you can't just kind of put it on in the background and like let it play you have to yeah. be like i'm gonna sit down and really watch this that's why like i own pan's labyrinth i watch it like once every couple of years yeah so, but yeah, no, I, this is, this is in a, a very select group where I love the, you know, I want to put this poster on my wall. Have you seen the poster for it? And really cool. Yeah. Really cool. This poster, by the way, like standees, posters everywhere, just like all over the Palisades AMC. Yeah. There's like the standee and then like three posters. Like Good. They're, they're marketing the shit out of it. Good. They should. Yeah. I, I think this one, granted, we've already said earlier in the episode, this is the only foreign film we've seen all year. But I think it's going to get nominated for Best Foreign Film. Could you see this possibly sneaking into the Best Film uh, I think I think so. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way it's transcended, and if it can win at, what was it, Cannes that it won at? It won at Cannes, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it could be. Yeah, so that would be really cool. Like, yeah, this is a heavy contender for, like, top of the year. So there's two negative reviews. Two negative reviews? What the yeah. fucking idiots? So one of them is deplorable South Korea style, though billed as a kind of South Korean anti-capitalism satire, this eat the rich outing when not eating its own 21st century gladiator combat at the bottom of the economic food chain comes off more as an empty plate. Stupid. (laughs) That's a type of critic who's like, I'm going to jam as many adjectives into the (laughs) sentence. So people think I'm smart. Fucking goon. There's only one. There's only one period out of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, uh, I guess there, I guess there's two, but yeah. Pull your head two out sentences. of your fucking ass. What what publication is that from? WBAI Radio. Oh, fucking idiots. Yeah, whatever that, the shit that means. I was gonna say like anybody who does a movie review via radio is a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get a podcast already. What a stooge. WBAI. WBAI. WBIA. Yeah. WBAI Radio. We um, and weak the- bitches. Ass idiots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the National Review says, Bong is an unfunny extremist. In Parasite, he annihilates the concept of the nuclear family by setting a brood of lower-class con artists against an upper-class family unit. No. That's really <laughs> not... No. That's, I think he missed it. Yeah. So those are the two negative reviews. I would love to read their two negative reviews of Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was the same thing with Get Out. It had a hundred for a long time, and then like one or two people came along lately, and they're like, "Fuck that!" They're like, "I didn't get it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to be a movie critic, but I also fucking hate movie critics. <laughs> you hate everybody though, because then the swampies come around sometimes, or the yeah. the audience scores. And you're like, "What is this?" Yeah, that's true. I think the audience scores infuriate us more. Yeah, probably, because I think the audience is a better representation of the people and the masses, and it's a super hard bummer when the masses are fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so we're I'm super stoked that everybody really seems to be loving this movie. Yeah, I was going to say this really early on, but I was like, oh, shit, I can't do that because it's going to give away my grade. I've been telling everybody after I saw this movie, like, you got to go see it. And yeah, like, me too. And they're like, I don't really like reading subtitles. And I'm like, I don't really either. And I loved it. Like, yeah, just get over it. Go see it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I would put a disclaimer maybe at the uh, beginning of this episode to just fucking see this movie i don't even care if you don't listen to this episode right away just see this movie Mm -hmm. 
because it's really good. And I would love it if more movies like this are one made. I don't care where they're made from. It doesn't matter if it's American, French, German, Korean, Japanese. Like, I just want more movies like this. Yeah. Not even in terms of like the content, but in terms of like the originality and the like presentation of the ideas. Like, I want, I want interesting challenging film like this to come out and be supported also i mean i probably shouldn't be saying this at the end of the episode but you know if you're gonna listen to this episode thank you but i hope you've watched the movie already because i really like not knowing anything about this movie going into it yeah me too so. it's like a huge thing but yeah dude we fucking did it our first foreign film on the podcast we are really branching out nice yeah we're, <laughs> we're such critics we really are we're from slobs to snobs <laughs> that's you know us but yeah we hope you swampies had a good time we hope you guys feel comfortable branching out and checking out some new shit and you know what if you have seen this movie let us know what you think hit us up on our instagram at two dudes movie reviews Hit the tomato tomatoes. You could vote for your own opinions in our IG stories. You could also talk to us on twodudesmoviereviews.com. Check out our written reviews. Check out our merch shop. And then, you know, we got our contact page there if you don't feel like doing the whole social media gag. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, you guys got to fucking get on that shit. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you do follow us on social media, stay tuned because I think we're going to have some cool new stuff coming up. Yes, sir. Probably around the turn of the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we're going to be gearing up for our duties. We're going to have some, you know, holiday specials we're going to put out and whatnot. So, yeah, no, we got a lot of stuff on the docket. Yeah. As they say. Who says that? Uh, <laughs> suck it, losers. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Cleverly adverted. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You guys know what to do. Second losers, swampies alike. <laughs>